My lords! My ladies! And everybody else here not sitting on a cushion! Today, today, you find yourselves equals. For you are all equally blessed. For I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights, a knight who can trace his lineage back beyond Charlemagne. I first met him atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God, asking his forgiveness for the Saracen blood spilt by his sword. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the would-be ravishings of her dreadful Turkish uncle. In Greece, he spent a year in silence just to better understand the sound of a whisper. And so, without further gilding the lily, and with no more ado, I give to you... From high atop the Rocky Mountains, it's the Barbarian Prophet. All right, welcome back, Barbarian Nation. I am being joined today by uh, three very lovely individuals. So I'm going to start on the to my right-hand side and start saying welcome and introduce yourself. My name's Lori McGrath. (laughs) Okay, Lori. Hey, we're actually, you know, we're we're all good together. I promise we'll be good. My name is Steve McGrath. All right. And you? I am Christy. Christy. Christy, like you are uh, related to me in any way, shape, or form? I'm like the Mrs. Barbarian Prophet. The Mrs. Barbarian Prophet. Right on. Okay. So here's a couple of quick things. Um, First of all. Welcome to the Barbarian Prophet. Thank you. I know you guys traveled all the way out here from Florida originally, but now you're living in Wyoming, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. that's correct. But when you moved out to uh, Wyoming, so what's uh, what's the story there? I mean, why did you guys move out here? I, yeah, <laughs> give good, me the give me the rundown. Okay, the, <clears throat> the story starts a couple of years ago when um, my daughter, my daughter's uh, future husband, came to Florida, met her, fell in love with her, and then took her off to Wyoming. That's where the story be, the story begins. And then from that point, I ran into you. We, you and I met uh, through a phone conversation, and you said in the end of the phone conversation, you said, "I believe that you'll be living here soon." So when I hung up that phone, I thought he he's no, he's not the uh, the barbarian prophet that he thinks he is. <laughs> the guy's a com- the guy's a complete idiot. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what well, do you mean exactly? No, go ahead. Go well, ahead. What I, what I mean is that he's like, why would I leave uh, leave Florida uh, to live in Wyoming? That's that's what I meant. So, without a doubt, and you know, one of the things is with um, uh, leaving a nice warm place. Right. Uh, to come to the windiest place on the planet, uh, right? That doesn't make any sense. So, uh, so what made you end up deciding to actually follow through with God told you, not just me, but apparently a few other people, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we, it started. It started with my daughter, my daughter Krista, who lives in uh, lives in Wyoming, and she's like talking about how God God spoke to her, and that um, that we were going to be moving to Wyoming. And again, like your your word of prophecy, I kind of put that on the shelf. And then from that point on, things started happening, and I started to see God speak to me in, uh, in many different ways, through prophecy, through dreams and things. And that um, is interesting that it was uh, my thick-headedness, I believe, or my comfort that kept me from moving when God spoke uh, a couple of years ago. 
I know there was a time. Uh, okay, I got to time you out, and I'm going to look at your wife, Miss Lori, and say, <clears throat> so where did you end up standing with all this when you're hearing all these people say, hey, you're moving to Wyoming, and you're like, I'm very happy in Florida with the gators and the mosquitoes. Um, well, I know my daughter, and I know how she hears from the Lord, so I was like ready to go. And I was talking to my husband about it, like, okay, like, what are we going to do? And he said, we're not moving anywhere. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh... <laughs> and I went to the Lord about it, and um, he just told me, you know, whether you move or whether you stay, I'm going to be with you. So I was at peace with staying, but I was praying that the Lord would help my husband to hear Absolutely. And I get that. So one of the other quick things is, uh, you guys hear this. Now, you were working at a church, and what was yes. uh, what was the church you were at? I was, I was working at a church in Florida. It's uh, called New Hope Ministries. I had I'd been there for t- 20 years, and um, working in all aspects of the ministry, starting off with adult education and youth and children, and then ending up in pastoral care. So I've been there for a long time, very comfortable. So tell me a little bit about working with kids. I mean, because you guys rolled into the church, there was like already 300 children, and you added another 1,000 to it, or what was the deal? <laughs> well, I, the thing, it's interesting. The, um, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but we uh, got in a situation. Um, I was working in adult education. The, uh, we had lost, um, over a period of time, our fifth children's pastor, and I went to my boss, the senior pastor, and I said, this is kind of crazy because we're bringing, the last person we brought in was from Tennessee, and they lasted nine months and they were gone. I said, we need really need to get someone who's part of our community, part of our fellowship, to work with the children, that they know your heart, they know the vision of the church and where we're going, and that they, they could hang in there. And then he turned to me and he said, well, I want you to do that. And hey, I said, no, no. I, I, no, no. I'm going to tell you something right now. And this, this is definitely a thing in churches. Uh, if you brought an idea, it means yeah. God gave you, you the idea. idea. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was not my idea that I would be um, in tr- uh, the children's pastor. That was it not, was God's idea. It was God's idea. And I know um, right, right shortly after I was... Um, in this new position, I was in the bathroom. These were short teachers, and there's children everywhere. How come all of your stories surround a bathroom, Steve? Oh, that's I, not, well, let, not, let, let, let's talk about, no, let's not talk about that. It's just kidding you, man. Well, they come, you know, the, the young man that led me to Christ, uh, he said, he told me once a long time ago, he said, he does some of his best work in the bathroom because <laughs> because he has a captive audience. So um, That's his wife's chuckle, just so we're all aware. So, so, uh, but, it, 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 so let, let's bounce to you, Lori. So is that true that all of his best work comes in the bathroom? He just like, that's where he comes, comes out with brilliant ideas. Like, hey, guess what I thought of? That is where he announced that we were going to have our fifth child. <laughs> he gathered all the girls in the bathroom and told them, <laughs> hey, what do you guys think about having another baby? <laughs> we're, we, we were actually trying to hide from Lori because I knew Lori wouldn't be happy about the conversation. <laughs> Wasn't Lori going to be involved with the fifth well, child? Sooner or, or, la- sooner or later, yes. Yeah. Sooner or later. Oh. Christy comments. Um, yeah, usually that comes from the wife, not not the dad. That that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I wanted more children, but Stephen was done after four, and I wanted one. I wanted more. I wanted a son. I wanted a son to raise a man um, for the Lord. Yeah. Um, but he was done. So you've been throwing girls up to that point. <laughs> yep. We had yeah. four girls. We had no boys. And um, one I more try, more. Jesus, just one, <laughs> one more attempt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Stephen went to Haiti on a mission trip, mm-hmm. and while he was there, the Lord spoke to him about having more children. Right on. So yeah. he came home, and he was like all open to the idea, and announced mm-hmm. it over the dinner table after he had talked to everybody else <laughs> in the bathroom. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so. Uh, there we're we're having kids. You're at New Hope Church. Yes, and we're you know we're you're talking, we were we were just talking about working in children's ministry, and it's really interesting that you um, you can work in different areas. But if you were, if you're able to minister to children, you're able to teach children, 
uh, it's like it's like you're successful because you're dealing with discipline issues, you're dealing with attention span, and so I, I feel like I grew so much working in the children's ministry. My, uh, it's, it just so you know, it's the same with dealing with people that are senior citizens. Okay, if you can get there with them, yes, <laughs> it's the same same mentality, man. They, right, they know it all. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and with teenagers, you got to kind of jump through those hoops, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the children are amazing because they they listen to you and they're like, okay, I believe what you're saying until it's proven that's not true, and you say, you know, God, you know, Jesus is a healing God. We'll prove it. My ankle, I broke my ankle last week. The doctor said I'll be in the cast for for six weeks. I want to get out of this cast. Well, let's pray about that. And a week later, the doctor takes the cast off. God healed that ankle that because that child, his name is David. David believed. He believed that what what I said uh, that Jesus is a healing God, and He would heal him. Whereas I think with adults or teenagers, they may get to a point where they don't don't believe anymore. And then, you know that's one of the things with uh, even in the Bible, uh, Jesus will heal people and say, "Don't go back into the city, that's right. or don't tell anybody," because people will cause you to have self doubt and. Uh, with kids, uh, especially somebody, that's why I love somebody that says, well, show it to me. And when it happens, they do believe that's because right. they know what they asked for and they know what they received. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Very good. Yeah, very good. So, uh, yeah, so it's a real blessing to be working with the children. And um, I learned, learned, like I said, I learned a lot. And just the ability to, I really feel I became a better teacher maybe a better preacher because of the time working with the children. And um, I know without a doubt that my family was blessed by it. I took, I uh, drug my children, my older daughters, Carissa and Stephanie, I drug them into children's ministry because I didn't want to be alone. So, <laughs> Did he, And he drug you into Of course, yes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so, I, and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time with your daughter and she is quite incredible in speaking to all people. Yes, uh, but I would say thank you, Dad, because teaching her how to deal with children definitely helped that, wouldn't you say, Chris? Oh, yeah. It gave her definitely a fun heart. She is always like ready to jump in there and do fun and silly things with kids. Right. And, adult, and, and adults. Me, and be, adults. me being the kid she's yeah. talking about. That's so right. Great. Amen. <laughs> I know she's, she spoke at a meeting in North Florida many years ago, and um she was followed up by a renowned speaker, renowned preacher, and she gets up there and she just shares her heart and talks to the people, and she wows the crowd. And this you know, this man who's been in ministry for 50 years walks up after her and says, man, Krista, you are a hard act to follow. Oh, I bet she is. I can tell you this, when she has played music in my church, yes, uh, I mean, she brings a prophetic action into a very liturgical church. Oh, yes. And everybody's like, "Yeah, can we have that girl back? You know, your friend." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get her back in here at some point." I don't know that you guys are ready for that. No, no, that would be good. So you know, so I'm put I'm hanging this out for you, Chris. At some point, I I think that you'll be playing music a lot more at my church. Amen. I hope so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's interesting how you know, God's able to um, bring His Spirit into any environment if it's welcome. You you open you open the doors. I'll come in. I know there was a young, my mom. Uh, we grew up Catholic, and my mom was just just was steadfast in her beliefs. I'm not you know not wavering, though she loved God and she loved the Word of God. There's a, a young man comes a healing ministry comes to the church, and he says he says he's up there laying hands on people, and they're they're being slain in the Spirit. And um, mom says he's not going to push me down. Well, and, hold on. And, Explain slain in the spirit because we got listeners okay. that, that don't know this stuff. Right. Well, the spirit. You know, the, it's a, a time when in prayer where the spirit comes upon you, and it's like it, it has a feeling of um, lightheadedness, and sometimes you, you just you will fall down. You, so you why do you think that happens? Well, I think it's uh, the, the really the overwhelm, overwhelming presence of of God. You're in you're in His presence. And that he's coming upon you, whether to heal you or to speak to you. And it's like you are no longer, it's like, it's like it's not my will, but your will, Lord. And you, and you come, succumb to that. So so how do you debate with somebody that, that comes at you and says, Steve, he has to come from the outside of me? I thought the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. Well, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon you as, you. as you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes in you. He dwells in you. He's the teacher, the counselor, the guide. And that... Um, 
But it's, it's that time where we surrender our will to His will, and the Spirit of God will come, come upon us, and um, He'll speak through us and uh, share with us, and, and that is kind of the overwhelming presence. Amen. That's good stuff. Amen. So tell me, uh, Lori, a little bit about your time in, in that ministry, and, and how did you approach things with the kids? Did you just say, look, I have increased my family by 500? Um, I think that actually was true. I ha- We had several um, confirmations that that's what we were supposed to do, and one of them was a dream. And in my dream, um, I had a dream about two houses. Um, one was my house without the Lord, and it was dark and empty and scary. And then I had another dream, and my house was a church. But in my church, there were children everywhere. Oh, and in the first dream, I had... Um, a staircase, but it was impassable. There was no way to go higher. But in my church house, I had two stairs, and there were children running up and down those stairs. And there were children everywhere. They were out in the yard. They were everywhere. And um, that was uh, that was before we even knew that we were going to take over children's ministry. Mm-hmm. So um, afterward, it's like I realized, oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's my dream, that... Um, we are going to affect children and that they were going to be able to go higher with God running up and down my stairs. <laughs> so, um, but with children's ministry, I think, you know, we took it over thinking that we were going to be a blessing to the church. That right. We were going to, you know, do something for them, you know. But in, you know, this is just how the Lord works. Uh, we were a blessing to them, for sure we were. But um, so much more for us. We were so blessed through all of that. Mm-hmm. Our children um, came to know Christ. They yes. came. They led children to lo- the Lord at a young age, 14, 15 years old. They led hundreds of kids to the Lord. Yes. And uh, that experience solidified their relationship with God. And how much, you know, if I had tried, if I had worked at it and really you know, thought about how can I raise my kids to love the Lord and to serve God. I couldn't come up with a better plan. But just following Christ, that's what did it. You know, that's what did it when we we submitted ourselves to that ministry. And we weren't um, (laughs) qualified. (laughs) Well, what does qualified look like? I mean, you know, when we uh, have you ever noticed when people start spitting out babies, ain't nobody say, hey, did you go to school? Do you know what you're doing? That's right. And we oh, got yeah. to just clarify, you know, we got to make sure that you're good to go. Because, uh, you know, did you read all the Dr. Spock books? And I'm like, no, but I watched his movie. He was super cool in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Dr. Spock. This is stupid, you know. So, but, uh, you know, when it comes down to uh, what is the right way, you just said the right way. The only way is the way. That's yeah. is Jesus. That yeah. is the way. And you know when you when I, I think to myself of the of the up and down stairs, it's about them being able to feel more confident in being in God, and, right. and not not that they have to do more things to be better, but it, their understanding starts to increase, mm-hmm. and they're able to move up and down. And when they're coming down, they're grabbing others, taking them up with them, is what I'm hearing, or that that is at least the way I'm seeing it. When there, Christy, input. So oh. you just can't stay quiet in the corner. I can. We, no, I you, do it very well. No, I, I need you full on. <laughs> no, I think um, when you're de- dealing with children, they're so open. They're so honest. Yes. They have the best <clears throat> questions that you have to really think about. And I'm going to pump the brakes on the just honest. I've met every little kid. I, did you eat all the cookies? No, I didn't eat the cookies. No, well, you're eating the cookie are... now. <laughs> but they're very honest in what they think and very honest in... in um, the questions they ask, and yeah, they're not always honest in their actions. But <laughs> like our grandson, that yeah, with the cookies, and no, I didn't eat them. The dog ate them. Yeah, that he had in his hand. Yeah, he was one that was always um, telling little fibs, even at the early age of three. You know, like we were talking about the innocence of kids. They know right from wrong when they're very, very young. So, yeah, we know that about kids. Well, okay, so then what happens Then what happens with you, Steve? Okay, so you, well, you're starting to work with all this. Yes. Well, fa- you know, fast forward to um, you know, more, more recently where um, 
Oh gosh, you know, were uh, in a situation where you're the, doing the ministry, and I was uh, doing pastoral care, hospital visitations, working with the, with benevolence, where you're helping people need financial assistance, do, doing a lot of counseling, weddings, funerals, and then during this process, I had I had an opportunity to preach uh, a number of times, and one of the, one of the times I preached um, just over a year ago now. I was preaching the Word of God, and I was preaching it to the people about being comfortable. Are you comfortable where you're sitting? Do you need to get you know? Do you need to get out of the boat? Do you need to follow after Jesus? And I'm just really, really pushing it um, from the pulpit. And I come off the come off the altar, come off the uh, platform, and my wife comes up to me. Lori comes up to me. And she says, "Did you hear what you said?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I heard what I said. And, you know, I, I just said it." And she's like, "You're talking to yourself." I'm like, oh, shoot. And I, you started thinking about it, like, yes, I was very comfortable in my ministry. Comfortably, I loved my house, loved my city, loved my church, loved the people, loved everything I did. And it's very, very comfortable. And so you start processing that. And the interesting thing, right after I talked to Lori, my son-in-law, who was living with us, they, they were with a season with us in Florida. He comes to me and says, Dad, we're leaving. He got the message. <laughs> he, he got it, that, we, that, that idea of being comfortable. And we need to step out. And then we have to chase after God. So he may, he didn't announce me on that night. He said, you know, by the end, you know, by the right after Christmas, we're gone. I was like, wow. So what you're telling me is that when you deep down thought about it, you're like, maybe Jesus did speak to the old barbarian prophet and tell me something. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and my and the same with the barbarian prophet uh, giving me a word and um, a couple words to, over the last few years. But then um, my daughter also. And then myself, it's like God gave me a word I thought was for the congregation, but actually that word was for me. That God was, actually, God. all those words were for you, and there were very few for me. But I tell you, I have heard other speak, people. I did hear other people up at Tony Patera's church up at Potter's House speak okay. to you guys. Yes, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And they told you you would be moving, and they told you you'd be moving to Wyoming. And I remember the first time you guys were out there, Lori's like, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> I am never leaving Florida as long as I live. And uh, so that is, that's all pretty funny. But on the other end of things is, so you guys get this message. So, uh, Miss Lori, I, I want to ask you, when when the decision was made, how did you react? About leaving? Yeah. Um, well, I I want to follow the Lord, so I was all in, but um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot to leave. There is a lot to leave. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys had uh, you guys had built. How long had you guys been at that church? Thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah, I mean that's huge. It is, and you you were you guys were in your house for a long time. You guys were, I mean, to me that is an incredible story to step out on faith and come to a place where you don't have a job. Right, exactly. Come mm-hmm. to a place where you don't have a house. You're selling your house. That's right. And you are surrendering everything. You know, most people don't understand what it's like to live in the wild. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, to walk into the wild is walk into a desert for a short period of time. That's right. Where you have to be completely dependent upon him. And that's that's kind of where you guys were headed at that time and mm-hmm. are currently living. Yes, exactly. You're living you're living in the faith of being with him. Yeah. I th- like I said earlier, it, it took a long, uh, a while. I, I don't know why what you would um Contribute to that, but it took a while to hear hear the voice. You know, what a word of prophecy from you, from my daughter, had you know. I was preaching the gospel message to myself. Had a, this young lady who she was like seventy one years old. What a wonderful lady! What a wonderful lady. We talk. She's a counselor by trade, and so we talk about different situations. And I say, "What do you think about this?" I'm dealing with this couple, and they hate each other. Well, she comes to my office. Um, Approximately, yeah, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, a year ago. Isn't that amazing? And she goes to my office and she's acting so stupid. I mean, it's like, what? Are you, what's wrong with you? She's not talking. She's acting weird. She said, God told me to tell you, you need to move away. You quit your job and move away. And I'm like, and I, of course, I had God already been dealing with me. So I received it. I received that word of prophecy, unlike the word you gave me. I received that word. And it was like, nice. And, huh? But she said, I didn't want to tell you. What God told me, what God told me. 
So that was like at that point where we're starting to say, gosh, God's lining up all these things. And it's a, definitely a heart of hearing or wanting more and more proof of, of this happening. And, and God continued to do that. Um, uh, right after, shortly after that, I had, had this amazing dream. I had, well, I had a couple, two dreams. And they were a week apart. And I'm t- we we're talking about sleeping. We we're talking. You know, we're, we we're sleeping. It's not asleep. The first dream, I heard an audible voice. You know, you know, you're in your dream, la 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 la, talking or whatever. The voice said, "You're not listening to me." And I woke up. I said, oh, "I'm sorry, Lord. I really believe God spoke to me point blank. You are not listening to me." And then the second dream, which is like I said, a week later, um, my daughter Carissa, who, who we've been talking about, Chris and I are walking in the dream. We we're talking. And then there was a handwriting on the wall. And I said, Krista, do you see this? And Krista said, no, I don't see it. And, and it was the hand of God, like Daniel. Uh, Daniel, I think it's chapter 5, where Belshazzar is having a party, and there's a handwriting on the wall. And the first word that was written was provision. And it's like God's writing on the wall, provision. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Because God's talking to me about leaving, talking to me about selling my house, leaving a job. I've been, I've been working at that ministry for 20 years. And he said, I'm going to provide for you. I'm like, that's awesome. The second word that God wrote on the wall was unhindered. And I thought about it. I thought, I wonder if I'm being I'm somewhat hindered in the ministry that I'm presently at. Am I, am I boxed in somehow? And I'm unable to do exactly what God's wanting me to do? So God said, you're going to be unhindered. And the third part of that writing on the wall was the vision of the Lion of Judah. Look right straight into my eyes. The lion's looking right at me. And the lion says, Follow me. And underneath, underneath the lion, there was two steps. And I believe that those steps are the selling of our home and the, um, and the, and the leaving of the ministry. And, and though the third step was not revealed, that's, we're, we're kind of looking at that third step now. And so um, it's just another confirmation. So that morning after you know, heading to the church, I went to my boss, the senior pastor, and I said, just want to let you know that I'm out of here. And, and how did he react? He was. Um, he had always seen more in me than I saw in myself. He saw uh, God working in my life and speaking to me and things happening. And so he was. Uh, he, he was. There's sadness because he, his comment was that I, uh, he said, "I thought you were going to do my funeral." And I turned to him and I wow. said, "I said I thought I thought you were going to do my funeral. I, I didn't. I had no plans of going anywhere." And so. So it was a be- it was uh, it was a beautiful conversation, and from that point, it was just a matter of like he was so loving and so caring. It's like so, what's the next step? What, what, you know, almost like how can I help you do what God's called you to do? All right, I'm going to throw both your mics open here for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, what I I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. and I I mean so. How many times, I mean, because I, I, I could speak from my own experience in, in pursuing after God with, and I'm sure Christy can, can jump in on this. There's numerous times when you do exactly what Jesus says and you go, I'm not positive I heard from the Lord and what the heck am I doing? Are you, have you guys had, how many times have you had that during the course of this waiting on him to move to the next step? I think, oh, go ahead. Well, I, <clears throat> it's definitely um, that we don't still know really what the Lord is doing. I mean, we see little glimpses, like being here um, for our son-in-law who just um, was elected into Congress, and he's in session now. So we've been there for my daughter, and we've been there for him, able to help and uh, fill in so that he can do what the Lord is calling him to do. Um, and our daughter uh, is flourishing here. She really is. Just um, she knew that we've always homeschooled our kids, but right. before we even left Florida, she told me that the Lord was telling her that she was going to go to school in Wyoming. I'm like, Amen. well, we'll pray about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll pray about that. And the mother's answer is no. <laughs> exactly. But the Lord spoke to me about it. He told me I was way overprotective and I need to let my kids do everything that was in their heart to do. Right. Well, she she had a tug, you know, and she's told me this before, but she's she'd had a tug for the Rocky Mountains for a long time, even though she hadn't seen them. Wow, you know, yeah. and and that was the thing. But how about you, Steve? I mean, do you get you ever hit those moments where you're like, man, am I doing the right thing? Am I following? Because you know, you think about it, our listeners. There, 
you guys, I mean, this you guys took a ginormous day. You drove across the country. <laughs> Amen. Well, I think, the, in, like I said, or, uh, said before that, um, even though God was speaking to me for, through prophecy, through the Word of God, and I, there's something stirring in my heart for me for the last couple of years that it's time to move on. It was I wasn't willing to move. I wasn't willing to get out of the boat. And but then, as uh, actually a year ago. When I had those dreams and had that young lady, the 71-year-old woman come to my office, it's like, God's speaking very clearly. We have to make a move. This is time. So I went to, I went back to Florida just not too long, a couple months ago, to actually to preach. And um, when I, uh, people are saying, you you realize you made a mistake, don't you? You you understand now. And I'm like, no. I, but there's no doubt. Ray, Ray, now that's interesting, okay. right? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, it's almost as if it's like... Um, uh, what would you say, a, a naysayers, or even, you might even say the enemy trying to mess with your mind. Are you sure God said that? Well, I I told him, I said, there's no doubt, I have no doubt with you, and my friends here sitting around the table, and all the people listening, there's no doubt at all that this was God's move. The question is, is like, Wyoming? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't leaving, Flo- I'm out of Florida. I'm gone from Florida. Right, right. I'm, I'm selling my house. This is, this is. I there's no doubt. I know that. I know that. I know that's. But Wyoming. I mean, doesn't it snow in Wyoming? I mean, <laughs> and it, like, I just was not. I, I never. I've never driven in snow before. I mean, it's just. If that's if there's a question, or let's say you said to me, Steve, you have a doubt. I said, it's not a doubt of moving. It's not a doubt of leaving a ministry that was so comfortable. I was. I was set. I mean, I was really sad. I, I talked to a board member, and they're like, man, we, we never thought you would leave. They almost, I don't know if they thought I'd take over the ministry. I don't know what their thinking was, but the thought was that I, because I was very, uh, I was loved. I mean, there's a lot of pe- lovely people, and, and, um, and it's just interesting. So it's like, no, there's no doubt about leaving. There's no doubt about selling our house. But it's like, Lord, where are we going to? What's that, what, in that dream I had, Lord, what's the third step? And we, and, we, and we haven't got there yet. So there's any question in my mind. It's like you wake up in the morning and say, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I know that I have a calling in my life, and I know that God loves me, and I know that God speaks to me. There's no doubt about it. But it's like, Lord, you know, what is it you want us to do? Right, and you could say the same thing, correct? Yeah. Or do you often go, what the heck, Steve? What are we doing? What are we thinking? Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly, yeah. Well, I had a friend um, who has prophetic gift in Naples, and she was telling us, um, she said, I feel like the Lord is just telling me, don't don't worry if it looks like nothing's happening. And she said, two years, two years, just be at peace and (laughs) wait on the Lord. Yep. Okay, well, I'm going to throw in one more thing I know I did say to you. Steve, yes, is that I said I see you as a as a peace be that God is playing a ginormous game of chess yes. right now, yes, yes, with pastors, and I mean he at that time that was even before I was called into a church, yes, it was, yes, and I was like, we're all going to get moved into these really weird places. <laughs> I never ever thought I'd end up in a church, and I'm going to be honest, I I can hear from you guys, you never thought you'd leave one, right. But all of a sudden, God starts moving his chess pieces around because he's there's a battle. That's right. There's a battle thing going. But I but I said to you specifically, you were a knight. A knight, yes. And the knight, and the knight moves two, two, either two spaces up and one space over, or one space up and two spaces over. So the not, move is not done yet. Right. So the two space. Let's say we did the two spaces. We sold our house. We left the ministry, and now it's a matter of the third. The the the, the night moves. Now it's going to move left or right one one more space. Right, and so at some point that next spot is going to be the land for either a defensive position mm-hmm. or for an aggressive uh, putting something into check right. position. Amen. And uh, that is wow. uh, because you're you're going to be he does he's a very smart chess player and he isn't going to be moving you. In something just to take up space. That's right. He is going to move you to either be a defense of a, a, of a piece of this state, mm-hmm. is what I believe. Okay. Or uh, the other thing that he's going to do with you is he's going to move you to uh, dispel and destroy something that has been wrongfully put in place. That is what I would say to you at this point. Amen. Amen. Thank, uh, I, rece- I received that word. It's interesting. I didn't think about that till right this second that... 
that you're moving the chess pieces for one defense or two to check to put the king in check. So you're he's moving his place his pieces. That's wonderful. A really wonderful analogy. Okay, Chris, put in your two cents. Well, two cents. Um, I I know what Laurie is feeling sometimes because it's. I follow your lead. A lot of times you'll hear from God before I do. And when you say, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're leaving there here and going there. I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm sure you heard from God, but I haven't quite heard from him yet. So I'm waiting to hear from him to see if this is right. And, but yet you have that faith and you have that trust to go, especially where your husband's leading you. Like, um, I know the Bert is just, you know, when, when he hears it, he's done or he's, he's moving forward or he's going where he's supposed to go. But sometimes it's hard to leave those, those relationships sometimes or those people that you have just, you know, built your life with. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're going and it doesn't mean it has to end, but it's a, it's such a change that you're like, Oh, I'm not one to. You know, just roll with the change sometimes. I kind of hang on as long as I can and um, get my feelings all involved in it. And, yeah, sometimes I've been like, are you sure? Are you sure you heard that right? Like, are you? And I shouldn't put that uh, doubt in him, but the doubt comes from me. And it comes from um, just not hearing the same thing he heard or as soon as he heard it. Or, you know, so that's kind of where I, I come in at um, doing that. But he always blesses whatever it is. Yes. I mean, there's always um, there's always ways to tell that it is of him. Amen. If you look for it. Yeah. And if you open yourself up for it. And um, the, the most important thing is no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you are following him and, and preaching his message and showing his way of life to whoever you're with, even if it's for a second in Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. It's yes. it's a matter of just showing the the people out there that Christianity is a good thing. Amen. It's interesting in the uh, in the, um, the the wedding ceremony that I use. I'll have, there's a part where I'll talk to the wife and I'll say, you know, you're not put your faith is not in. This man, your faith is not in his ability to lead the family. Your faith is in God, that God can speak through that man. That's right. So your trust is not in a human being. No. Your trust is in God. No. My faith is in God and that God can work through that man. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, uh, one, I used to have a teacher by the name of Fuchsia Pickett, and she used to say, Now, boys, a man leads by a woman's needs. Amen. And women... Your needs should never expect it. it uh, your needs should never exceed the ability of the man. Don't put expectations on him; he cannot accomplish. And when we start to look at that, yes. if the man is always taking a look at his bride, I mean, now let's think about it for just a minute with um, with us being the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. and we look; he leads based on our needs. That's right. And when we look to him, we can expect great things because nothing exceeds his abilities and capabilities. Amen. 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 That's awesome. I I always view weddings a little different, man. I love doing your family's wedding. That was cool. And I I understand that I was, uh, you know, what uh, you stole some of my stuff. I just, I thought I'd get you in this room so we could talk about that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) No, you know, we were, uh, uh, Bert married my daughter and um, my son-in-law from Wyoming. And what a beautiful. Uh, Married them to each other. I didn't marry anybody. No, yes, exactly. You were already married. Yes. (laughs) It's beautiful, beautiful ceremony of asking, really getting the whole everyone there involved in the, in the ceremony. About you know, it's like normally it's uh, do you take this bride, do you take this this man to be your husband? Bert had had the whole audience involved, and I and I have I have stolen that. I love that idea to get the families involved, to get the friends involved. Do you take this person to be your friend? Is is so beautiful. 
Uh, I stole all that from Don Hinton, so I just passed it on. Okay. <laughs> so we're good, man. Amen. So, Don, please forgive us. We've all pilfered from you. <laughs> Although, I do know that Don stole all that from other things he had seen over time. And mm-hmm. when him and I were sitting down and talking about how to do a wedding, uh, it started to become this situation of um, what are the things that we want to have involved? Because where that, where that wedding actually uh, originates is from my own daughter. Okay. And when her and Tyler got married, that Don started that. Well, Don had done uh, my daughter's and son-in-law's wedding, and he said, so I need a little favor. I said, yep, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to pay you for doing it. He goes, no, no, no. you're going to have a one to do next month because his, da- his son oh, wow. and his daughter-in-law were getting married. So... Mm-hmm. We've been very tight that way. So we started to create these things for weddings uh, together of what do we want this to look like? Well, you know, marriage is not just a, uh, it is not two people coming together. We're joining families together. That's, We're, that's there's right. tribes being created mm-hmm. and things are being expanded because we are in uh, the nation of Christ. That's right. You know? Uh, I'd say the barbarian nation. I said the holy Jesus nation, you yeah, know, yeah. which is a cool thing, man. It, and it's I very just, cool. I think that we ought to all always be involved in that. So I'm glad you snatched that up. I just wanted to tease you a little bit on it. Not a problem. So uh, now, you know, let's talk. I've got like 20 minutes here, okay? Okay. I want the trip to Wyoming. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll talk for a second and I'll turn over to Lori. It's interesting. Um, we uh, the, all these words of prophecy. We had these dreams. We had uh, circumstances. Thing happens. Like, oh my gosh, this is just another confirmation that we're on the right path. And right near the end, I don't know if it was the day we left Florida or with that week, we got a word of prophecy for my daughter. Go, go ahead, Larry. Oh, she said that. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, Steve's message was on stepping out of the boat in that walking on the water and all of that and. Um, there was another analogy where Krissa said, Mom, I feel like the Lord is saying that there's going to be wind and waves. But you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be afraid because he's going to be with you through them all. And wind and waves, you know, that's a big storm. <laughs> that's a storm. So I knew things, you know, were not going to be smooth. And uh, so it kind of just prepared my heart like, okay. But the Lord said he'd be with us. So, Well, one thing's for sure is that um, wind and waves are never, ever pointing out, hey, it's going to be the best fishing trip you ever went on. That's right. Exactly. No. So was, <laughs> you, tell, you tell the first story, and I'll tell the second story. Okay. Well, the first thing is we, um, we were going to take two vehicles to um, Wyoming with us, and including our truck that we had um, put everything that we were going to keep in there and uh our van was in the shop and it had been there for over a month and we're like okay you know like we are moving and we are at the point there we're leaving now so we need the car just put it back together and we'll take it with us you know and we're on our way to go get a um a trailer for the car so that we can pull it behind us and Steve's brother calls us, and he's like, don't do it. <laughs> he was freaking out, you know, like, don't don't tow a car behind this huge truck. You don't have experience, and, you know, it's going to be difficult. I've, and, se- I've seen people that have done that, and then they're like, why does that car look just like ours that's passing us? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really felt like, after praying about it, we just felt like it was the Lord. And just telling us to leave the car. So we, we gave it to a man at our church that was in need of a vehicle. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it lasted all the way through, was it Irma? Well, no, um, the last hurricane. Yeah. Ian. 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 Yeah. yeah. Ian, it floated away. So <laughs> served him well till then. So well, that was one thing that we were. Now it's catching fish in this sea, exactly, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. And then we, the, the next thing was the, the U-Haul truck. Yeah, we had a, my friend was there helping us load it up. You know, we just loaded the whole thing. And she goes, did you notice there's a, like, huge gash in this tire? Like, what? 
there's a gash in the tire and to go over and it you can't hardly see it because it was just a little crack but you could actually lift it up and you could see wires underneath there and I'm like, oh no! Well, that 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 isn't good because as soon as that got hot, that was going to blow out on the highway, and then yes. that would be your responsibility, yeah. A and B. You yeah. would create a whole new problem with a loaded truck, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, both of those, I would say, it's wind and waves. You know, we lost one vehicle we were expecting to take with us, and then you know the truck had a gash in the tire. So, but you know that's God's provision too. Because we saw it before we left. Amen. And nothing did happen to us. The Lord, again, prevented anything from happening. Um, it just delayed us because we had to wait half a day for a guy to come out and change a tire. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting? And then we um, <clears throat> finally got on the road. It's one of those situations where you've been messing around all day. And it's like, we need to leave. I don't I don't care if we only drive an hour. We have to leave. And so we're driving down the road. The, the, day one was okay. Not too bad. Day two we were um, in somewhere in Illinois, and we were playing follow the leader. We had my car, which is a, a red Ford Fusion. It's kind of a dream car. It's like that. I was looking for that car for a long time, and God blessed me. He, he gave me this beautiful car. So the U-Haul truck was moving, and then the red car would follow. And uh, the, uh, we pa- we went to pass someone with a U-Haul. Well, the red Fusion is following. The guy behind them in this way, pickup truck, is a little anxious. Hold on, you got to tell who's driving that other car. Um, a friend of our, a friend of the family's. Okay. Uh, well, da- uh, my son Daniel, um, his a good friend of his was driving. Okay. And so uh, I'm driving the U-Haul, and um, they're following us. And well, the truck, the white truck, was a little excited, goes punches it and, and clips the back of the red Fusion, and the Fusion starts to spin down the highway in the middle of Illinois. So the Fusion's out of control, and there's a there's a teenage driver driving it. Now, if that happened to you, you'd be a little bit better control. Well, they get off the road. No one's hurt. They get out of the car, but they forget to put it in park. And the car rolls down this embankment. Come on, they make movies about this. There's actually YouTube video after YouTube video on this very thing. Yeah, so the, so the van, uh, so the, uh, the Ford, my, my beautiful Ford Fusion is rolling down the hill. The door is ripped back by a tree. A tree gets lodged in the tire, and all this stuff happens. And um, the car is, is totaled. And the first thought that comes to my mind was my beautiful red fusion. No, uh, the first thought was that. Uh, Don't even start lying here, brother. We're on it. We're talking about Jesus. Don't start lying and go. Yeah, it, let me tell you what. Christy was in an accident one time. She called me. A guy had hit the 71 Chevrolet pickup that we own. Yes. And I said. How bad's the truck? And she goes, I'm fine. Thank you. And I said, well, you're obviously talking to me. How bad's the truck? <laughs> At which point, yes. I had to call her back later. And there you go. So, um, honestly, uh, it was a blood. I don't know where I was at. I think I may have been, honestly, more confused. He's like, now what do we do? The car is down the embankment. But Dan- my son Daniel is okay. His friend is okay. So, and no one got hurt. And it could have been terrible mm-hmm. on the highway. And later on that, later on that, well, a couple hours later, we're at this impound lot, and I, I got this joy came over me, and I, it's unex, it's not, you can't, I can't explain it because my car is gone, and we're actually, you know, the insurance company said just leave it there, <laughs> we just leave it in, I'm leaving my baby in Illinois, and but this joy came over me, and I got excited, and I hugged the driver, this this teenager, I hugged Kerosy, and I said. I said, thank you so much. I, I wanted to get rid of that car. You know, I actually tried to sell it in Florida before we came up. And, um, and so I was, I got, something came over me, and I don't know, it's got to be God because that's not me. I would normally be really, really mad. I'd be really upset. But, but this came over me, and I was so excited. I'm like, thank you so much. And I hugged him. And I think in hindsight, God used that in me to help him mm-hmm. because he was so upset. Well, what? What he thought he was going to hear would be something like, <laughs> "No, God, <laughs> no, God, please, no." <laughs> that that's more along the lines of what I thought he would be hearing, and that's what he thought he would be hearing. Oh God! 
No. I love this new part of my show where I can find things, just clips hanging out there. But go, go. Yeah. We're listening, hey, man. Yeah, so hey, we man. got you. You. You're. Everybody's alive. Cars dead. Moving forward. Yeah. It just was. It was again. Lori reminded me as we were. Now we're. My, our our son-in-law came from the next state over from Missouri to pick us up and pick all of our junk up. That was in the Fort Fusion because the U-Haul truck was maxed out. But it was like, Lori said, this is just wind and waves, just wind and waves. And after she said the wind and waves, I, me, I'm like, well, God has something better. You know, God said he works all things together for the good. And, and not some things, but all things. So though my, I'm leaving my car, my dream car in Illinois at an impound lot, I felt sad. But it's like, I don't know what God's going to do, but I know it's going to be good without a doubt. Awesome. So, yeah. uh, so you guys end up well. Well, so how'd you get all your stuff here? Did you end up with another vehicle? What happened? I mean, where did we go with all this? I don't know. That was awesome too. Steve and I ended up flying the rest of the way, and my <laughs> son-in-law, because there's only three uh, seats in the truck, and we had four people, and my son-in-law was going to join us at that point and help us unpack. Um, so we had five people. We had a three-person truck. So he took the two boys and drove the rest of the way, and Steve and I flew all the way to um, Denver. And, you know, God had everything worked out because Carissa and Scott were leaving that day, at, and they left their car in Denver. So we drove it home. We had a car in Denver to meet us, and we drove up, and, like, I don't... We hadn't even gone in the house, and the boys drove up. Same time, exactly. It was awesome. You, you yeah. can't. I, God's timing is always perfect. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, the, the there was stuff in the, stuff in the Fort Fusion that we couldn't take, and we left it in Missouri uh, in my my son in law my daughter's garage. So we left a lot of stuff there because we just couldn't pack. The truck was maxed out. But what a blessing that we jump on a plane from St. Louis to Denver. A car is waiting for us. We get in the car. We drive to Lingle. The, the U-Haul pulls up. It was just like, God, you're so awesome. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. And there's, okay, there's one more one more wind and wave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get everything unpacked. <laughs> and we're setting up house, you know, because we're going to live with Chris and Scott for a little bit while we figure out where we're going next. And uh, I want you to know you both sound like teenagers. Mom, Dad, we're moving in. We're just going to hang out to Jesus. Jesus starts telling us what to do, man. So or cool. Je- or Jesus returns. Yeah, know, or Jesus returns. So we're going to be here for a minute. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so we hear a report that there's going to be a flood and that there's an evacuation. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> We live in a high elevation desert. That's, that's where Chris and Scott is. High elevation desert. It doesn't flood there. There's there's no water. It, it does when the dam washes out, or exactly. the the water that is going to the irrigation system that is going to right. uh, feed the entire community. Yes, right. And. Yes. Uh, and it flooded not far from you guys. That's that's his reality. Oh, it was I mean, headed right for us. Oh yeah, yeah. They had You're us like, evacuating. They're like, you know, so <laughs> we're putting everything on higher ground. <laughs> Let's get it up <laughs> out of the basement. We got to get that out of there. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Because we're not talking about we're not talking about a joke amount of water here. No, right. Right. we're talking mm-hmm. about the water literally mm-hmm. that feeds an entire valley. Uh, right. from a lake mm-hmm. yeah. and, and so, it's draining that's right and the water the water um you know they they had the split you know i i wouldn't call it base it was like subterranean but that i said to my son um my son and i said if, if any if any water comes in the house we have an inch of water in the house that is gonna be a swimming pool <laughs> so we moved every every we just put everything down there and we had to touch everything and brought all of it out of there for the flood yeah, so. I was like, just wind and waves, just wind and waves. This right. is hilarious, devil. You're too obvious. Yes. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it that is amazing that you're able to face it that way. But you would not be facing it that way without Jesus. Oh, true. For sure. no doubt, no doubt. And the sheer fact that you guys had the courage to leave where you left and head this way, and not know if he's calling you into another church. Right. I mean, the re. 
I, I mean, I am really, I've been watching this whole thing unfold. Amen. And, uh, you know, as I, as I watch this, I'm, I admire both of you just because you have the courage to step out into what God is calling you. And, you know, um, on the barbarian prophet here, we always talk about living in the wild and people, uh, always think that that means to, uh, live without care or live without problems or separate yourself from everything. No, it's being called into what God is calling you to do. That's right. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're, uh, leaving the church. It means we're being the church That's right. and we're the mission of the church. So when, when, when the general tells, uh, a general or when, when the, when the general tells his uh, commanding officers, hey, I need you to move, yeah. and I'm going to have you take some soldiers with you. That's right. You don't say uh, why, why yeah. where, how. You just He says, that's what you're doing, and you do it. You don't, right. you don't even question it. You just get it done. Mm-hmm. And, and I admire you both for stepping out Thank in you. faith like that uh, because, it's uh, to be quite honest with you, it's stepping into it. I, I get it, man. It's horrifying. And, um, but God is moving us for a reason. And, uh, I truly will believe. And, uh, we talk about this on my buddy, uh, Rocky's, uh, podcast all the time on warriors of the word. Um, but what we will end up talking about there is uh, how God is always preparing us and he's moving us. Uh, but he is calling us into churches. He's calling us into places where people need to hear the word. That's right. And uh, we're living in a time where um, we're watching uh, the rise of the Antichrist. And, and I, you know, we're, I'm not talking about everybody goes, oh, you're an end time guy. Well, yeah, it's been ending since Jesus left that's and right. said, I'm coming. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, that's real. Okay. The other part of this is that. Uh, but we're to, we need to be obedient because we are in the big game, mm-hmm. the big chess game, That's and right. He is moving us and positioning us. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm just t- I, I'm, I'll say this to both of you: keep your eyes on what He's doing me because I keep going scratch my head, go what we're what? really doing this yeah, right exactly. now, <laughs> exactly. and you're moving me to uh, to move and sit with these people. I, I'm endlessly surprised when He does that, and He's getting ready to do the same with you guys. Amen. You know, yeah. so. Well, we should finish it. It didn't. It didn't flood. No. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> you should finish the story. Yeah. You, did the house flood? The house did not no. flood. No, no. It stopped how many feet short? Uh, two blocks from our house. Two blocks. They put up a, a berm. A berm, and so it went around the town of Ingle. Um yeah. Yeah. If you were lucky to be enough on that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was other places yeah. that I, when you went by, it would, there was two and oh, three yeah. feet of water in their houses. Yes. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And their so, houses were elevated. Yeah. And these, I don't know who it would be, the city or county, but someone moved, they moved fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They I don't really know. did. You'd like to thank them because they, to build that berm so quickly, we, when we were leaving the house after they told us we had to get out, there was already at least a dozen dump trucks with dirt. So they, they were moving very, very quickly, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so uh, how do you guys want to button this up? So what's I, I want to know, will you come back to the show when uh, you are called into your next position? Yes. Which I don't know what that's going to be. And you guys, don't, but but you're going to know when you get there. That's right. Well, a couple, a couple things. Um one thing is that over the last couple of months, I've, we've been in, we've been we moved for well, four or five months ago. We moved to Wyoming. That I've had two different people that I don't even know who they are said that um, that it, it's not limited to a, a central area, but it's bigger. And I'm like, what's that mean? It's like because I'm thinking I could do this. I can do this, Lord, for you. I can do this little thing for you, Lord. But it, but the two different people that totally I, I don't know who they are, but they're like. I believe that God's calling you to something much bigger than you are. I'm like, okay, all right, thank you. You're right, I'm, that. Gonna, I'm gonna give you a word he's given me for you right now. Okay. This is real. Uh and this is something that he's laid on my life for a long time. But uh, as you were talking, he was uh, I'm I'm giving you a word. Okay. Don't worry about being little in big things. Start paying attention to be big in little things. Amen. 
because those little things are what changes the world. I'm going to tell you right now is that when when Christ came, he didn't come to the sound of a trumpet. He came as a crying baby in the darkness of a a very dark place. And, uh, yeah, pay attention because it's the little things that are going to make a huge difference right here. So part of the reason you're being called to Wyoming, and part of the reason I know that I'm not called out of Wyoming at this point in time Mm -hmm. is, uh, and I do say this point in time, looking over at my good-looking wife over there, (laughs) okay is because um this place is the least populated state uh in the united states but i'm going to say that the the biggest explosions that are going to happen with revival that we're seeing all these little sparks here and there here and there but i know that i i truly believe and and i know that dutch sheets has said stuff about this etc but uh and uh, rick prince uh, has also stated this is that there will be an explosion starting in this community okay that is going to be a revival that starts to spread like a wildfire mm-hmm. now uh it's going to be started in places that you would never expect i mean you started in a pentecostal church and people won't even pay attention started in a lutheran church somebody might wake up that's right and say that can only be jesus right that's right yeah uh or it could be started in a in a catholic church it can be started anywhere because there, God is not restrained by our uh, mm-hmm. unimaginative uh, sure. minds Listen. or our mindset, right? Or the, our divisions, yeah. But I, I got to tell you just flat out. I think that we're going to be some of those people standing at the precipice, at the at the start of this, yes. at the precipice of mm-hmm. this, where it is at its moment where it is starting to pick up its its momentum, and it is going to be guys like you and me as well as several other that I'm thinking that we're going to start saying, here it is, boys, catch this wave. That's right. Catch this wave right now because this, it's a moment. That's right. And, and don't miss it because so often people do miss it or they think that they're the reason that the wave has started, man. It, you know, I went and saw the movie Jesus uh, Revolution. Revolution, yeah. Yeah, you guys haven't seen that yet. No, no, no. Oh, man, that's what you guys should have done last night. That's right. You should have went to the movie. Yeah. Okay? So here's the thing. <laughs> Is uh, you know Lonnie and Chuck um, Chuck Smith, incredible teacher and yeah. just an incredible guy. And Lonnie was a fantastic guy, and he he had some struggles. But you know the thing is, is that they they saw what was needed in a moment, mm-hmm. and they had the courage to step out. And you know when you're baptizing hundreds or even thousands of people every week in the ocean, and you got people traveling from around the country. I mean, we just saw recently. We've seen these things breaking out in Mexico, breaking sure. out back in what is it? Uh, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I think that other one was in Tennessee. <laughs> but we're watching these things happen, mm-hmm. and all of a, a, an honest moment of that comes at a moment of repentance. That's right. Because repentance literally means to turn to the Lord. Amen. And when people start to repent and they're going to look towards the Lord, things are going to blow up. That's right. And uh, I'm just glad that we're here in this doing big things in little places. Amen. So just be ready. Amen. We really want to encourage um, encourage your listeners that that being led of the Lord, being mindful of God, going to the supermarket, going going to visit someone and say, Lord. If there's someone here at the grocery store that needs uh, just a pat on the back or needs a smile or needs a word or needs a prayer, make that aware to me. Because, we, because God's going to use this and we're not going to realize that that word that we gave, that prayer that was um, given, has a profound effect on that person's life. One of the things I didn't mention about leaving the, my last Sunday, leaving a ministry that I'd worked with for 20 years, I had all these people come up to me and tell me of things that I had done that I didn't know about. They said, you know, you know, you came, you came and prayed for my dad and my dad was completely healed and I started coming to church here because of that. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. You, you did this. You said that. You taught that. I'm like, I was overwhelmed to tears, really, of people, you did, just didn't know the effect. So to, for your listeners, your audience, is that you're having a profound effect, being open, open to God. Say, God, what, can, what do you want me to do today? Uh, not, you need to go talk to your neighbor. What? what? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Just go talk to your neighbor. Or or remember that guy that did you wrong last week? Go find him and say, I'm sorry. Even though, even though you didn't do anything wrong, just say, Lord, I need, I, uh, I seek your forgiveness. Which is, and, and 
things are going to start to change. Amen. I would 100% agree with that. And, you know, I want to put in a plug today as well. Uh, you guys had some young people that started a podcast back home, right? Yes, yes. And their podcast <laughs> is called, it is called Reaching for the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Reaching for the Bible is the name of the podcast. And their very first episode is called A Deeper Relationship with God. So hop on there and check that out. I don't have a, a link uh, on this one, but I'll come back in and put a link on a little bit later when I have Tanner back in town. And uh, so, uh, any last words there, Christy? Um, I just, I am grateful to have these people in my life that shows me um, it's possible to just walk out in faith. It's possible to step out there when it's the scariest. And um, I just, I, I love their family. I love being and spending time and doing life with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and button you guys out. But I'm going to say, you know, today is, uh, it's been a tough day today. Uh, I lost a friend of mine named Eskimo Joe. And, uh, <clears throat> I'll just flat say we're going to miss you, brother, and uh, always be there for your friends. Um, people, when you are listening here, you never know when somebody's going to need that little bit of prayer before they go home. And uh, so we'll see you on the other side. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprophet.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness and the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that.